0: Hello and welcome to Africa Tech Summit Connects, sharing insights from across the African tech scene. So if we go to today's discussion, um, we're looking at Nigeria's tech opportunity in a crisis. And I'm delighted today to welcome uh, two very prominent people in Nigerian tech. Vivian Waka, who's founder of Medsaf, and Kola Ayena, founder of Ventures Platform. Hi, guys. Welcome. How are you doing today?
1: Hi. Um, we're, doing, we're doing okay. Uh, Nigeria just extended the lockdown to 14 days. So, you know, we're going to get through this. Uh, very interesting times
2: yeah hi everyone uh colas here doing really well uh good to join the call and um except, uh, you know good to good to t- talk about the exciting times we live in
0: great well i mean most people will know 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 both of you for those that don't vivian can you just give a brief background about yourself for medsaf and then cola
1: um yeah uh, born and raised in the u.s uh moved here about six years ago Um, and found Nigeria, Africa to be extremely exciting um, as far as opportunities to just fix things. Uh, So, um, notice that the healthcare industry had uh, no attention; no one was talking about it. Um, there's quite a lot of deficiencies in the Nigerian context, but also um, worldwide, really. And we're seeing that today in, in breakdowns of supply chain, uh, lack of access, etc. Um, but from the Nigerian perspective, notice that people were dying from fake and substandard medications. That's where MedSaf was born um, out of this idea that quality medication is a fundamental thing, right and that we can use technology to um, jump over a lot of the hurdles that have kept uh, medication and pharmaceutical distribution um, backwards in countries like Nigeria. So we set up uh, MedSaf uh, in 2017. Uh, MedSaf is a one stop shop for healthcare stakeholders to purchase, manage, and track medications through supply chains. Um, We're looking to gather that data um, to help serve the industry better. So hospitals and pharmacies can have, you know, uh, better quality medications, uh, manufacturers get insights um, into movement of medications and the needs um, of the people. And the overall goal is that, you know, you and I can walk into a pharmacy or hospital and trust uh, the medications that we are, are given. Um, so med is, um, you know, has been thriving since about 2017,
2: and here we are. <laughs> well done. Kola. Yeah, great. Uh, so my name is Kola. Uh, I'm from Nigeria, um, and uh, my background is in finance, personally, uh, and a series of entrepreneurial activities since then. Uh, most of my work has been in technology. I built an uh, enterprise uh, software services company. Uh, after moving back from uh, to Nigeria about ten years ago, and um, uh, about uh, four years ago, I decided to sort of uh, roll up all my experiences and networks um, into helping um, early state entrepreneurs uh, raise capital, which was something I struggled with in the early days of you know trying to start my business uh, our business in Nigeria. It was just impossible to raise raise capital for for something in technology locally. And so um, and that's how Ventures Platform was born. Our core thesis uh, or core sort of ethos is to uh, be a discovery fund for identifying high potential entrepreneurs that are building companies uh, that solve problems across various verticals. As Vivian said, all around you in Nigeria and Africa are challenges that we view as opportunities. And so, our role in the market is to identify folks uh, pretty early um, and back them with capital, but but as well as our networks, um, access to um, partnerships, um, navigating regulatory uh, environments, uh, and just really helping with the building blocks uh, pretty early. Um, We've supported about 40 companies that operate across the continent. a number of category leading companies in in that in that portfolio and um, yeah happy to be here great
0: great i mean if we look at you know the lockdown it's it's across the world um our our lockdown in europe have have been extended as well and nigeria um if we look specifically at nigeria and the the impact of of this you know COVID on it the oil budget at 57 dollars a barrel is, is going to be dramatically infected uh currently standing at 30 dollars today naira devaluation rising inflation blah blah we know all that we we know all the negatives but uh i think today what's good is that we got two great people on the call who are also looking at the positives and the opportunities um and i think also compared to previous crises um, which we've had we've never been so lucky in terms of connectivity and having all these resources um to fall back on so if i can come to you first vivian can you talk us through you know how the crisis has affected you at medsaf and and the business today and also obviously the great opportunity it's it's provided for you
1: yeah i mean i think on the plus side you know we back in 2016 we went to hospitals and said would you order your medications online and it was like this alien concept right Um, Whereas now, I can really see a future in Nigeria, but just also worldwide where, you know, medication uh, distribution is is tracked very carefully um, using technology. Um, So that reality is so much closer. I think it's, you know, we've just kind of accelerated to a place where it it now makes sense uh, for the average hospital or pharmacy across Nigeria. Um, so that's that 's been a plus uh, in that we haven 't had to change too much of our um, operations in any way we 're still working, so my team is right now in the office uh, performing quality control and, and getting shipments out uh, so nothing has really stopped us uh, per se. I think what 's happened is we've we 've now found ourselves in a situation where we 're better suited to start helping um, larger entities like governments. Um, We have some government work in the pipeline, uh, NGOs, uh, corporations with making sure that not only medications um, and consumables are are getting where they need to be, but also, um, you know, PPE, you know, so that's been a huge opportunity, um, getting the the masks out there uh, to the public, getting gloves, um, hand sanitizer. So we've now Seen a bigger or wider audience. Um, the big opportunity for us from a COVID perspective um, is the fact that the country is not going to be able to test the amount of people that they need to test, really. I mean, it's just not going to work. Um, what's going to work is going to be at home testing kits. Um, so that's a big thing that we're working on with some government, uh, with some of the state uh, governments to just make sure that MedZap can be at the forefront of dispensing you know, those testing kits and and helping to gather the data back to relevant officials. So that's one thing that's been a great opportunity. So you can kind of look and see, well, what are some of the ways that my business in this environment can actually help with the overall goal of the country at this time, right? Um, So we see testing a huge um, area for us to be able to add value. Um, I would say that the biggest disruption or not disruption to our business, but the biggest, uh, you know, thing that we had to start to think about um, in much more depth that we didn't anticipate is the unrest in the country. Um, So safety is now a bigger concern of ours. It's what we're talking about, you know, on uh, team meetings every day, which is are our team members safe where they live Um, and Are our drivers safe? Um, So there's two sides to that. Internally, we have to make sure we have the right infrastructure in place to support our team, make sure that everyone can get through this two week period, um, you know, healthy and, and alive. But it's also now another opportunity because your average hospital or pharmacy isn't gonna wanna go to the open drug market to go purchase medications, or they're not gonna wanna go you know, to go and pick something up. So now it's an even better opportunity for MedZapp to expand um, because our service has just means so much more uh, to the average customer than it did before. Um, so, so we're just seeing opportunity all over the place. I mean, I think collectively, you know, we've all had to t- take a, a deep breath and figure out, okay, well, w- what what is this new world going to mean? Um, but I think. As long as your company is really solving a real issue, you know, let, let's, you know, we're not, let's not talk about scooters and, you know, all these fluffy things like just infrastructure, just real needs of countries in Africa, real needs, healthcare, education, infrastructure. I mean, there's so many dire needs, you know, work on that. And, and, and that's where I believe that the biggest opportunity really lies, solve the people's problems.
0: Yeah, pretty good. I mean, so you're loving the crisis, in terms of in terms of your in terms of a business a business. I mean, you've worked hard. At, I know you spoke around from 2016 trying to change that perception and change the consumer behaviour to now, you know, adoption and people knocking on your door.
1: Honestly, I'm a visionary, you know, I, I really am. I, I, can, I, see, I try to, to see as far in the future as I possibly can. And, and as long as you've got the right core values, I think that there's always going to be an opportunity. I think this is collectively for the world, it's a good thing. It's exposing a lot of the real issues that have been um, under the surface. And as entrepreneurs, it's now your time to create the future that you want to live in, that you want your children, your legacy um, uh, to, to, to live in. And I think this is a huge opportunity for Africa to rise um, as a continent um, and, and each and every one of us can stake a claim in this new future. I, I think it's horrible that people are dying. you know my parents are in Chicago working on the front lines in hospitals, so you know every day you know I'm you know very worried about the people that will, die from this, but I think from a bigger perspective, um, you know, collectively as, as a whole human race, we've got an opportunity here to change the story. Um, so overall, it's good, not just for me, but I'm excited to see what's going to come out of this in many industries. Great. Um, before I come to Cola, just to say we
0: will open uh, it up to questions and answers. If you want to uh, pose a question, please use the Q&A tab at the bottom of your screen. Um, and we will try and get to some of those later on. Um, also, there's a poll there if you'd like to to add your, your thoughts on that. Cole, if we, if we come to you, um, Ventures Platform and your
2: portfolio companies,
0: how is this crisis affecting you and, and what are the opportunities that it's providing also?
2: Great, um, I think Vivian has um, identified some of the things I was gonna mention. I mean, I guess the first bit I'll say is, broadly speaking, um, um, I'd like to segment the situation into three buckets. Right, there's um, there's a there's a period of a lockdown. Uh, there is a you know there's a period a broader longer period of a, of the pandemic and there's the post pandemic period. Um, and I think for each of those three buckets, businesses and investors have to view it view them very very differently. Um, in in countries like Nigeria, there's um, I, I, I saw, you know, we've been studying a, a McKinsey report that identifies four different scenarios uh, uh, for Nigeria specifically, uh, and each of those four scenarios we go into a deep contraction, uh, or, or you know, call it a recession. And so, I think that for, for me, that's the bigger sort of lens through which we're looking at this. Crisis, uh, uh, and that's and that's on the negative side. Now you've asked us to focus on the positive because I do think there is some positive to all of this. Um, so, so on on the one end, you know, before now we 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 always held a view that Nigeria particularly wasn't necessarily ready for a full on digital digital sort of uh, uh, economy as it were. So, I mean, you've seen how e-commerce uh, companies have, you know, struggled even with, with, high, uh, with, with, with um, lots of capital. Uh, but, but, but I think one of the silver linings of this crisis is that it does two things. One, it, it, it accelerates adoption and it's, it reduces the cost of customer education. And so for the right kind of company, this actually presents an opportunity but uh, but but we 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 feel that entrepreneurs must not misplace um, product uh, pandemic or product corona fit for product market fit because this is gonna pass. I mean, it's going. We're gonna we're gonna be in this situation for a couple of months, and then you know uh, the, the real the real uh, silver bullet is if we can if anyone can predict if humans or if Nigerians particularly are going to completely switch behavior three sixty or or would go back to their default positions and i i i don't know that's a it's a it's a it's a crystal it's a it's a crystal ball you know i'm i don't know if i am i'm i'm not a hundred percent certain that uh after this period people are going to completely change behavior humans are are, are known to be resilient are known to be uh, uh you know um Creatures of of necessity, and we tend to default back to what we're most used to, and so I think um, uh, I think we would see some advances in in um, in adoption of digital platforms and digital tools across the board, uh, but, but 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 I think there's there's room to still ensure that the 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 adoption you're gain, you're, you're gaining as a business is not temporal. And and we'll, we'll last past the period of lockdown and the period of the pandemic. That the real challenge, I think, is we're looking at businesses that we can consider to be recession proof, to be resilient, because that's that's the longer journey that we have ahead of us. Um, at this point, I, I I frankly don't see how we escape a a deep you know sort of economic slowdown, and that and that for us. I, uh, sort of is the, is the lens we're, we're looking at so you know i think businesses like vivian's businesses like you know that do e-commerce uh folks in the health tech space i'm going to certainly see an uptick in in, in um in um in sort of their customer numbers um but how that sort of sustains beyond now is, is really what we have to all sort of uh concern ourselves with i think uh medium to long term uh, it's clear to us that there's a need to invest in uh, African biotech and African health tech, you know, and, and innovations that would help to sort of, because in, in a situation like the one we find ourselves today, every country is dealing with the same challenge. And so you really can't wait for, expect anyone to come help you solve your problem. I mean, the Chinese have been flying all over the place. And so we really have to build more homegrown technology, more homegrown, homegrown innovation. And and I think that's another Area of opportunity that was spotting um, as we look at our deal flow. Yeah,
0: yeah, very positive. I think I just saw this morning fifty four Gene have raised fifteen million dollars um, for study of genetics. It's some good news in, in, in all the bad news. And I think you know there's still some good companies out there who are still raising money in this climate, which we'll come to later on. Um, Vivian, I know you started MedSaf in, in 2016 in the middle of the Naira crisis. And um, so you know you started really at a bad time um but look where you are now i mean what what are the what are the what are the important things you learned starting in in that crisis and and you know the resilience that it's given you as a, your business now
1: I mean, I just think myself as a person um, i i again it's about having a vision and really knowing that what you're, that you're, what you think that you've got to offer. Um, is going to solve people's problems and and create an impact. And, and that's how I started MedZap. We started when the Naira started going to 500, 600. That's when we started. But guess what? There's an opportunity there. All the other suppliers who were typically supplying these big hospitals and pharmacies, they started to run out of money. They started to go out of business. Uh, so we started at that point in time with dollars in our bank account, um, able to then... Step in and say, "Look, I know you don't know us, but this is what we're offering, um, and this is how we're better than what you've been doing in the past. So for us, it was actually a great opportunity um, to make a name for ourselves and to gain traction in the market and start testing out our ideas. So I think just really just focusing on where, where is the opportunity, what how am I going to be able to achieve my object- objective? regardless of the landscape um is is how we led is how we we built this business um so this crisis I, and plus first of all if you're living in Nigeria i mean come on we're already used to nothing things going wrong all the time um anyway so i think you know just the resilience comes from having to always have five or six backup plans and always be you know, thinking about what you're going to do. But if you have a very clear goal and objective and a core value and you don't shake on that value, you'll, you can, you have a higher chance of making it through any crisis.
0: Cola, if we come to you around, around, um, you know, how you've managed to garner the tech community to come together in the COVID crisis and, and using tech as a solution to overcome the challenge right now.
2: If you want to talk some more around that great as as the pandemic really started to get closer to to home you know because we we were observing um all the while and we knew we had to do something about it you know th- th- there's two things that can happen in a crisis you either become anxious and and you know sort of fold your hands or you or you do something about it and we felt we just we needed to do something and so you know we put out that call and and i mean i must say it was incredible to see the outpouring of of collaboration and interest to support uh, i mean in less than a week, um, we got over 500 entries for really solid uh, uh, innovations, folks that, folks that had built uh, 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 solutions for Lassa fever, for Ebola, and were simply looking to retool for um, the coronavirus, um, and even and even newer ideas and teams. Uh, we were also really, it was also really nice to get the support of some large corporates like NTN, uh, the Lagos State government, uh, companies, indigenous tech companies like VGG. And today we now have seven solutions uh, around contact tracing, around uh, triaging for uh, uh, medical professionals, around um, an IVR solution that are, that are now being rolled out at the NCDC uh, with the Lagos State government. uh, uh and, and, you know, I think this is just purely commendable, just really seeing how the ecosystem rallied rallied around uh, supporting these innovations. And I think that speaks to, you know, we talked earlier about how how this crisis is truly different. It's that we now have more connections than ever before. We now have, you know, broadband and, and we're able to respond very rapidly. And, you know, and, and just speaks to the progress of, of the human race in, in, in the time.
0: And Vivian, if we come to you around your business, I mean, data. And technology are are probably the backbone in in you pulling together what you need to have and when you need to have it. I mean, I think you shared with me a great example of, you know, coming into the crisis, you know, how how, how you've used data and technology well. Um,
1: So you want me to explain how we've used data and technology? In the crisis?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think I think based on based on the example of a certain government who who were speaking and countries who are asking you to could they source materials from you. I mean, I think it's, you know, shown how well Nigerian technology is actually working.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, take technology aside, I think one of the biggest issues that uh, a country like Nigeria has is the lack of a database that is that we can trust. Right name the industry. It's there's there's going to be an issue with who, where, why, how, and you know what, right? And so from the very beginning, we knew that yes, we're gonna use technology, whether it's a platform, whether it's an enterprise solution, um, whether it's you know WhatsApp, we're gonna use, you know, technology to connect to our customers, but the bigger thing that we're really building, the most powerful thing that we're actually building is a database. And that database of medications and information on the movement of medications, who, how much, why, all the information that we can gain from keeping a good database and, and tracking, um, our, uh, tracking that movement of medications on both sides of the supply chain is how we are going to be the company, the tech company of the future for pharmaceutical so that's our, that's been in our in our DNA from the very beginning, and because of that, you know uh, anything that we're asked, whether it's to You know whether it's to to supply to you know certain you know types of medications to our hospitals or um, you know to start opening up our platform to a new audience like corporations. Now it's all just built in the system. It's our the system's already there, so we're not doing anything different from our core uh, competency. And I think that's it's that that has allowed us to be able to say we can partner with. You know this person or that person it's that we're not having to invest a lot of time to build out something brand new we're just you know offering it to more people um so i would say that you know te- you know yeah having technology in our dna right our customers from the very beginning were using you know uh technology to order their medications through us, you know, to having from the very back in 2016. So just having that in our DNA um, has just allowed us to move very quickly. And I think in this situation, you need to be agile. You need to be able to switch, you know, just over the weekend, people started rioting and with machetes and, you know, uh, roving the neighborhood. Right. That wasn't something I think people thought the day, you know, to, you know, when this, this crisis happened, that we'd have to start thinking about security in such a deep way, right? You know, so anything can pop up. But I think, you know, using technology and using your data effectively allows you to move really quickly and adjust with the times. And, and that's where Med-Saf, um has been able to be successful in the past and is continuing to just move on. We just want to build on top of that now.
0: Great. so uh, we just closed the poll which 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 was online there um, and not surprisingly the biggest challenge that most of uh, most of our attendees see in the next three months is cash flow um, customers comes in second fundraising currency devaluation logistics if you look at cash flow I mean what 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 are the what are the what are the uh, strategies, Cola? Maybe you're you're speaking with, with some of your with some of your uh, portfolio companies now around maintaining cash flow, survival, um, for for entrepreneurs who are out there listening.
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, I think this is this is a global challenge, not just a Nigerian challenge, uh, and it's, it's really about survival, right? How 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 much can you stretch your runway? And so this certainly is in the time to be uh, working on fancy non-essential projects. Uh, this isn't the time to be ramping up and hiring, except, except there's a corresponding sort of um, inflow that you can see from that. Um, I think the companies that would do well are the companies that would survive and go past this this period uh, and settle into a new a new normal. I mean, so we're certainly, we're, we're generally just advising our portfolio companies to ensure you can stretch your runway for as long as you can. Even if you think you don't, even if you didn't have uh, a fundraising plans, um, if you're able to sort of uh, uh, COVID-19 your business model, and, and that's the thing we're, we're talking to our portfolio companies about. I mean, we, we have a company that's in the logistics space and that they're now you know, sort of building out a whole sort of solution for uh, fulfillment, for essential, essential uh, supplies. And and that certainly sort of creates opens up a new opportunity for them. Uh, and so uh, and, and so around that, for instance, they're doing a, they're doing a, a targeted fundraise for that sort of new vertical. Because uh, again, no one really knows how long this this again. My my concern is not even about the pandemic. My concern is post pandemic and sort of the after effects, uh, the, the insecurity that Vivian has mentioned. And, and, and that I think poses a, poses a greater challenge, not only for the businesses, but for the customers of the businesses uh, that, that we invest in. And, and, and I think having that broad perspective would be helpful for, for companies operating in Nigeria.
0: I mean, you mentioned there the COVID, COVID uh, plan, COVID proofing, um, what, what, what's the magic sauce? Because uh, everyone <laughs> wants to know it. Uh,
2: well, I mean, look. Um, are you, if if you're an agtech, for instance, uh, what are you doing to better, you know, we have an investment in the agtech space. So, how are you ensuring that your farmers have, you know, access to uh, the the you know food that they need, not just seedlings, but but you know that your your entire value chain is 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 you know COVID 19 is is sort of resilient enough to to, to 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 overcome to survive the, the pandemic uh, if you're uh, if you're uh, take a look at some of the logistic companies for instance they've been in Lagos they've been able to access um, uh, permits for for um, uh, for for movements because they've been able to pivot their business model to essentially provide essential services and and you know that doesn't necessarily apply for every business uh, uh, but but there are certain businesses where, where it can be very applicable uh, once once you put on the right lens.
1: Um, I also have a, a cool, cool thing to say about that. Um, well, there's two things. Um, one is through partnerships, right? Um, so Medzaf, we have two partnerships that I, I won't unveil today that will not only reduce a huge portion of our, you know, of, our, of what we actually spend money on monthly, Um, But it will also accelerate us into hospitals and and pharmacies. It will allow us to accelerate into hospitals and pharmacies across Nigeria overnight. Um, So by going out and just being creative and seeing who in this space is already doing something that I need to have a competency in, in order to kind of reach my objective, You know, who in this space, what type of entities in this space can I partner with? You know, that's opening up a whole new opportunity for MedSaf that we wouldn't have been able to uh, capitalize on if we just said, let's raise money and do everything by ourselves, right? So I think this, I I think typically, uh, you know, African startups tend to want to, to build out everything from beginning to end by themselves. But even in, in this time, I think it's it's important to start to open your mind to who are the partners that I can bring that can allow us, that can alleviate some of that need to spend money. Um, so I, I think that's that's a huge one um, that that has been, uh, that is making Medzef you know, quite excited. And then also, um, of course, sometimes you have to spend money to make way more money. So, you know, what are some opportunities that you might have um, to pr- potentially purchase new, you know, uh, purchase something or, or something that you can, you know, invest in that will actually uh, pay you back more during this time. That's another way to just kind of use creativity to extend your run rate. And those are two methods that Medzeph has already put in place um, that are, are, are um, proving to be um, extremely exciting um, and uh, hopeful for us from a runway perspective.
0: Okay, great. We've got lots of questions, so I'm going I'm to jump into some of these and we try and get through as many as we can. Um, cola one for you. I'd like to know. This is from an anonymous person. I'd like to know what the steps, what steps startups uh, are hoping to launch post coronavirus could raise funding for pre seed, for a pre seed project. I mean, in terms of your investment. Uh, strategy now, and in terms of you know, how likely are you to invest in new companies, and, and how active do you see the next six months being?
2: Oh, yes, um, we are actively investing. Um, we, uh, again, what, what's just changed is the lens and the criteria for evaluating companies that we choose to invest in. And so, in terms of looking at the economics and the numbers of the companies we support. Where we would be we would be keenly evaluating the possibility of the company to to survive in a down economy and and I think the the the, the most critical question there is how how much of a painkiller is your offering right because uh, you know folks the, there's going to be increased competition for share of wallets of, of folks and so it's really you know how, how much of a pain point are you solving um, uh, how, how capital efficient is the business itself. Uh, I think th- those are the types of questions that 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 investors will be will be asking. Uh, another one, another one that relates to a question that that was asked in the Q and A is really about valuations. I think over the last three four years, we've seen sort of valuations take a run on the hill. Uh, but 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 I think what what this does is it, it sort of helps to reset and sort of brings a bit of calm to the uh, to the market because generally speaking, capital is going to become increasingly scarce certain investors are just going are just are just not investing anymore at least for you know for the next six months until they until they understand you know where all of this will settle and so uh, from an investment standpoint why, why we're not bargain hunting we think that um, we think that there would be that there would be better sort of uh, much more reasonable valuations, particularly uh, because of the impending risk of of a of a currency, of an, of a continued currency devaluation, which we expect to see uh, as well. I think that also uh, you know what that does as well is it also sort of begs the question for business models where uh, startups discount the consumption of their of their customers. That that tends to become a lot harder uh, when you have a, a currency devaluation. Uh, and so, you know, you know, as, as Vivian said in the beginning, you have to be solving a hard problem that people are willing to pay for, even with less and less uh, disposable income. And, 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 you know, this is just really about survival of the fittest. Some of the best businesses today were, were born in down economies, you know, and so. Uh, so, yeah, that's. that's-
0: and the question here to Medsaf. What are you and other medical startups doing to increase digitization of this space? Well, I think you you basically have digitized the space. Um, is facial recognition technology being used? I'm not sure. Um,
1: so when when I said started MedZap, I said to myself because I took a bike. I mean, I was on the back of motorcycles all the way in Ogun State and trying to see, okay, well, what kind of technology are people using, and we we you know, surveyed hundreds of hospitals to figure that out. And I said, it has to be as easy to use as Facebook, as easy to use as Instagram, as as Amazon or Jumia at the time. Right. It's got to be simple because the reality is, is that, you know, That's, you know, that's the kind of literacy that that we're dealing with. The stakeholders that we're dealing with, they they can go on Facebook, they can, you know, they can click on and and order something online. But, you know, I I don't think it needs to be that much more um, uh, complicated. So no, facial recognition is very far away from, I think, what's necessary here. I just think right now, what's necessary is that there is an awareness um, that you have something that's really simple, easy to use and takes into consideration um, a lot of the pain points of using technology in a country like Nigeria, you know, whether that's internet, accessibility, um, et cetera. So keep it simple. And uh, it has always just kind of been my motto and it doesn't need to be complicated, the extremely impactful.
0: Yeah. And another question for you, I mean, and I think, you know, this comes back to one of the reasons why you founded MedSaf. I mean, the personal reason um, around, you know, are fake drugs still a huge problem or is there greatest awareness now?
1: so i mean i love nigerians but you know now you're gonna see a thousand companies that all of a sudden offer you know face masks or you know this or that and so what we're seeing now in the market is that there's a ton of companies that are just popping up with unvetted you know materials ppe for hospitals and so now more than any now more than before, you've got the opportunity for fake and substandard medications to enter the system. Um, so yes, absolutely. Um, and it will probably get worse now, right? So it's more, much more important uh, to really back the companies like mine and other companies that are trying to focus on authentication and you know supply chain transparency because that will be a huge issue that we won't hear about until people start dying from from it.
0: Yeah, it's very true. I mean, Cola coming back, coming back to the investment uh, thesis, and uh, one question here from 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 Chris. Uh, he asked, you know, how. How realistic is it that you will do a deal without shaking someone's hand or looking into the white of their eyes face to face versus, you know, Zoom profiles where people have backgrounds of skyscrapers and they're telling you
2: that they've got a business? That's, that's a really good question. But I, I think for us at, at Ventures Platform, we, we were actually prepared for this moment. Um, we in the beginning we had you know part of what we would say is we we would need to spend physical time with the entrepreneurs before we would invest but i think we we sort of we sort of uh, dropped that about a year and a half ago uh we found that spending enough time on on you know video conferencing uh and really because the 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 ecosystem in nigeria and most of africa is quite close-knit um a, a a lot of there's a lot of history that people leave behind and so we oftentimes would speak to uh, folks that they've worked with in a previous startup. Uh, we spend a lot of hours uh, digging into the numbers, uh, getting to know the entrepreneurs. And I think anyone that says they wouldn't invest because they can't spend physical time with the with the entrepreneurs is really just missing, uh, losing, losing out on an opportunity. Um, at the state at which we invest, uh, we're, we're really taking a bet on the founder. And so really, you know, by the time you spend you know, a uh, uh, couple of hours on a video call, uh, uh, volley questions back and forth. We're able to sort of decipher if this is the kind of entrepreneur we want to support uh, or not. Um, to be honest, some of our best in, some of our best deals were done virtually. Um, I, I I didn't I, I, I didn't see Shola when we invested in Paystack, for instance. Um, it was it was at, after the check was wired that we that I got to see him. Uh, so just as an example.
0: But does that come back to it being like a, you know a hot a hot referral where somebody you know has has
2: qualified that referral versus like somebody out of the blue? Yeah, so so that certainly helps. We also recently quietly launched um, a, a couple months ago our scout network, and so we have um, we have five scouts that are actively referring deals, uh, and, and deals that come through that network are, are even more highly regarded. than than, than regular deals. And this is classic old VC um, uh, VC, um, uh, wisdom, right? Uh, uh, If if you know someone that knows a partner or senior associate in the firm, um, you you have a better shot at at, being being, uh, considered. As much as we've tried to democratize it, you you can pitch us on our website directly. It does help when there's an introduction.
0: Great, we'll give it a go after this. Mm -hmm. Um, Coming back to the data, Vivian, um, Jill Cura's asked for MedSaf, could you explain a bit more why the data is useful and how will it drive medication demand?
1: Yeah, so um, you've got a situation in um, Africa, in Nigeria, uh, but across Africa where there are thousands. Well, first of all, let's just take a step back. 70% of all medications are imported, right? Um, You've got a massive open drug market um, and black market um, as it pertains to the pharmaceutical industry. That's just a fact. We're not manufacturing here um, at the capacity that that we need to. And because of that, you know, you've got thousands and thousands of SKUs, So, you know, there might be 20 different types of paracetamol, um, different price points, um, et cetera, coming from many, many different sources. So from a pharmaceutical perspective, you know, database um, is, is just typically just too hard. It's very hard, right? Um, so by focusing on that, focusing on understanding what are the needs of the people, then you can start to use that information of what people are purchasing, why they're purchasing, what's the price point that they can purchase at to start to um, change their behavior, influence their behavior um, of what they purchase, and then also understanding the needs, what they're going to need in advance, right? So this is all about preempting demand on the customer side. On the supplier side, you want to help them preempt their demand. They need to know how much they they need to have. Um, So that's a good example of how focusing on building a database and focusing on the flow of medication from point A to point B can greatly help the industry um, as a whole. Uh, think about being able to start to influence people based on your data to purchase better types of medications than they are purchasing. Uh, think about being able to influence manufacturers to give you better prices because of your off takers. So that's just an example for me for pharmaceutical, you can apply that to almost every industry um, uh, in, in Nigeria, um, that, that idea that the data and understanding behaviors, the movements, the patterns, the points um, will allow you to create a massive service um, to that industry. So, yeah, data is extremely important for pharmaceutical perspective and, and greatly under, undervalued. Until now, potentially. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Coming back, I mean, I know, Vivian, you, you raised it early on. You know, this is the time for ventures who are solving real problems, ventures who are building businesses and solving real problems. One, one question uh, came in there from, from Tebalua. Uh, is there a concern that some current investments and partnerships that are specifically focused on solving issues related to COVID May not be profitable post COVID. So I mean, are we going too far down the road of focusing on on building solutions? You know, if we look at Zoom right now, that they, they're seeing a huge spike. Uh, will Will everybody you know discontinue their subscriptions?
2: Post again, uh, yeah. Again, it goes back to the the comment I made in the beginning that you know product COVID fits shouldn't be mistaken for product market fit. You know, there's. There's a temporary change in behavior, and you would have to have a crystal ball to predict that that change in behavior is going to, is going to be permanent. Uh, now, um, businesses are going to have to figure out how they keep the, the new customers that they gain as a consequence of this crisis, uh, and, and, and that, that, that comes to the stickiness of your product, uh, how close you stay with your customers, and and the real the real felt value that they feel uh, from 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 the service offering. Uh, again, there's a whole nother bucket of of companies. For instance, companies in our challenge in the innovation challenge for COVID that we did, you know, where the focus really wasn't on the quality of the business model, but really about solving a, a human a global uh, a challenge. You know, uh, and so I think we we mustn't mistake. Um, uh, the the uh, the the focus on, on on solving this crisis as a, as a sustainability of, of of the of your business model. Uh, this there has to be a clear distinction there. I don't
1: know if you want to add anything to that, Vivian. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that there's definitely going to be people that are going to say, "Oh, I'm going to create this company because I'm going to be able to raise this money because it says COVID." But the point is, is that, and I think Cola made it, which is that. Um, you've got to have what is your business? What is what is the problem that you're trying to solve? And you know what are your your values, your goals? You know where are you trying to go? And that's what will be sustainable past you know this period of time. Um, but I also believe that there are some short term wins. There are some really quick wins um, that will allow you as a company to learn, adapt, and then potentially. Um, uh you know absor- you know bring it into your to your organization so I, if I think about you know potentially creating large you know sending large orders of gloves and and uh, sanitizers to large corporations you know now that's an opportunity to understand how they work and how it could potentially serve their needs even better in the future uh, in a more sustainable way right so that's just an example, but just think about how some of these you know short-term pivots might you know, be it advantageous for your company in the future. I think those are the people that will succeed post COVID.
0: But also, I think you're you're far too modest, uh, Vivian. I think you know when we spoke with data earlier, um, and I know we've had previous discussions. But uh, you know, I think you were using data and being more predictive and ordering in you know quantities of certain materials. And I hope you don't mind me saying, but I know you said certain governments from other countries or or certain countries were were actually contacted you in Nigeria about sourcing the material. So does that not just say how well you've used technology in driving driving this?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think, yeah. Um, And I think, but also the fact that, you know, we had a vision, you know, so many people said we're not going to be able to get it done in the beginning and we stuck to it. And so I think it's it's more of the grit and the vision that we had and we doubled down on what we know would work um, and, I, and and being able to kind of build the credibility um, that people from the U.S. are asking me to ship, you know, people from, you know, Italy. I mean, so it's, it's coming from just being focused, um, really understanding the need and thinking ahead of everybody else when they were investing in e-commerce or you know fintech, we're focused on healthcare because guess what? You need healthcare. Um so the world is now coming around to that um in an unfortunate way. But you know it, I, I think it's more of just staying the course and and being resilient. Yeah. Okay. Um one other question here um
0: around mobile operators, I suppose this is this is a difficult one for you guys to answer, but I mean do you think that the, the local mobile operators have stepped up in terms of reducing costs for
2: services and, and, and helping? I'm, I'm actually happy to, to chime in here because uh, I you know I was uh, the, the Ministry of uh, Communication set up a committee, uh, to, like a COVID impact committee. Um, a couple of people are on there, I'm on there, chaired by Tommy Davis. And one of the recommendations we've actually made is for the, uh, the ministry to work with the, the telcos. Uh, to look at what they can do, because uh, this isn't, you know, this isn't on, um, this isn't far-fetched. Certain countries in certain markets, telcos have actually come in to reduce, because there is a rapid increase in demand, and they've come in to just make uh, 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 broadband more affordable. Because th- this this remains one of the biggest hurdles for the companies that we're seeing in the edtech space. A number of them, like Ulesson, for instance, recently announced a partnership with Airtel. Uh, where, where they're zero rating their platform on the Airtel network. And so I certainly think that the telcos can do, can do more and I expect to see them do more uh, as a fallout of some of the recommendations we've made. Yeah.
1: And also, Anyone? I want to... Oh, uh, sorry. Go ahead. I, Go ahead, Vivian. I just wanted to add that, you know, the bat. I mean, I think it, telcos are extremely important um, as being for being able to reach people right and the telcos could do so much more because of the fact that everybody has access to a phone in nigeria and in fact you know, cell, cell phone adoption, you know, was was much quicker in, in countries like Nigeria than, than it was in the West. Right. So if everybody has access to a phone, think of all the things that you can do, um, whether it's in finance or even in healthcare, um, et cetera, with that fact. So I definitely think that making, you know, making it cheaper, making it easier is great, but they can even be and play a much more integral role in pushing forward a lot of the um, core needs of countries like Nigeria. And I hope that this is an opportunity for like an M-PESA to be able to be possible in Nigeria, for example, you know, just go throw everything at the window and just go and just grab everything that we know that we need. This, I think this is the moment, right? So yeah. uh, I think you know what I mean, College. It's like, let's just get these things closed. Um, so that's what I'm just hoping for.
0: Yeah, I think I think uh, as was raised by Candy's Goodman here as well. You know the need for reverse billing of data sponsored by brands. I know Buynew in, in in South Africa are already working on that. There's a number of different companies who are, you know, working on ways to to you know incentivize mobile data so that the consumer doesn't suffer. Um, but we're, we're, we're you know we've got about seven minutes left. I think we we'll we've still got a lot of questions, but. Um, for those questions we don't get to, please use hashtag ATSConnects, um, and we'll try and we'll try and get to some of those on, on social media. Um, I just want to come back to the two of you, and I know because you're both you're both doing you know great work right now with your own your own businesses and initiatives, and, and I'll probably come back to you, Vivian. In terms of your biggest challenge right now, I know a lot of people spoke around cash flow. I know you you mentioned before you, you were hiring um, more staff. Um, you know, what what does the outlook look like for you in terms of, you know, what is your biggest challenge right now?
1: Um, well, like I said earlier, I kind of alluded to earlier, uh, the big cash flow challenges that we would have had. We've created these amazing partnerships to be able to solve them for ourselves. So that's great. Um, I'm not worried about where we're going to be next year. Um, the biggest thing for me is I need the, I need investors. I need money. I need I can make this a thousand times bigger than what it is right now um, if I had closed my round. but in uh, December or November when we opened it, you know now the the world looks a lot different, right? So I'm definitely uh, raising currently um, and going through due diligence and, and just trying to have everything fall in, in place the right way. Um, the world does look a little bit different than it did when I started. So, you know, I, I definitely need mentors to kind of help me, you know, navigate um, some of the, the things that I, I am trying to, to figure out. But we, we definitely need right investors because this could be, we could take over Nigeria at the moment. Um, and that's how big it is um, on, on, at stake for MedZap right now.
0: Great. Well, I know an investor, he invests on Zoom. His name's
1: Kola. Uh, uh, so, uh, I can I'll call him like so. I tried to call him like two weeks ago, but you know. Oh, okay. Maybe, well, maybe we're now, gonna, not
2: Vivian. <laughs> Vivian, we're gonna. You've just blackmailed me, so we're gonna do that call. Um, I guess. Yeah. I i- I guess the biggest challenge for for us right now is just really supporting our portfolio companies uh, to ensure they can sort of survive this 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 sort of uh, curveball. A number of them were. Because you know we invest early, um, which which might might be why we may not be the perfect fit for Vivian, you know, because our, our business is further along. Um, but um, for those companies that that we've supported early that are actively raising rounds, again the world is a completely different diff, different place. Some investors are uh, trying to renegotiate valuations, uh, meet meet process, which isn't you know which isn't the norm, uh, but but again, the argument is that it's a really different world and you, and folks are anticipating a deep devaluation, right? Which, which does have real real impact when you're raising, uh, fundraising in, in, in the US dollar or foreign currencies. And so I think really just helping our companies navigate uh, that, uh, that um, uh, the, the changes is sort of a preoccupation. Uh, the second priority for us is trying to predict the future. Right. You know, trying to figure out what the world will look like in in six to 12 months, you know, how bad, how bad will this recession be? Um, How much runway does a company need to have on average? Um, And, you know, and and that's and that's the tricky part. Right. Because no one really knows, Um, uh, you know, there's there's no one really knows how, how, how this all shapes out. And so and so just trying to sort of paint a picture of that future is something we're spending a lot of time doing at the moment.
0: And I know nobody has a crystal ball, but what is your outlook? I mean, you know, in terms of the ventures that you're advising, you know, and we've all been through past crashes and crises. Vivian started a business in the Nair one. We've had a dot-com. Where do you see this? I mean, it, and again, you know, it's, it's quite difficult to make a call, but in terms of advising ventures um, on runway and things like that, what's the kind of, what's the kind of runway you're talking
2: around? Um, my view is that 2020 is 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 done. Uh, you know, from a, it's it's going to be a, a difficult year for for companies that are trying to fundraise to be to be quite pragmatic. Uh, I, I also I believe that for certain kind of businesses like Vivian, this is this is a golden opportunity, and so the right investors have to identify that and back companies like Vivian's company. You know, so edtech companies, for instance, we're, we're, we're about to announce uh, um, two new investments that we've just made, you know, in the last couple of days in that space. Um, uh, health, tech invest, health tech companies uh, have a golden opportunity, uh, but, 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 you know, investors have to get over the initial shock and uh, it's a shock of what's just happened um, uh, and, and, and really spot the opportunity. Um, we, uh, we also we also think that um, uh, you would see uh, a massive sort of uh, uh, um, shrink in, in the cost and time to educate uh, users for online services. Uh, we think that this might just be a, an opportunity for for e-commerce. Uh, we uh, you know we noticed yesterday that uh, Shoprite, for instance, uh, has has launched the online shopping. Sort of tool in Nigeria, and and I was just thinking that some of the guys like Supermart and Code that came up that you know that started off years ago, you know, are, are sort of you know, not around to benefit from from this upsurge. And so it's it's really interesting times. Um, out of time, so I'll just pause here.
0: Yeah, we we are out of time, and I just want to come back to one one thing: your COVID challenge. I know I know you're extending that uh, COVID challenge. If you want to have a brief, brief moment on that
2: yeah absolutely yeah so we're, we're extending that and we're, we're looking to expand that uh, pan-african uh, the, annu- the the announcement should roll out uh, for, for the second for the second batch in, in a couple of days so please uh, just follow us on Twitter at uh, ventures platform hub uh, or my Twitter color underscore I know I typically retweet everything our website is venturesplatform.com thank you very much Andrew. Yeah, we'll also,
0: we'd also uh, retweet that on Africa Tech Summit Twitter. Vivian, yeah. for those people listening right now, they've got checkbooks open. How can they, how can they get in touch with you?
1: <laughs> and, and thank you. And thank you, Kola, for saying such nice things. Um, this is the opportunity. Don't be scared. You know, this is Africa. This is Nigeria. You've got to be bold. Uh, this is an opportunity to completely change the landscape um, in your favor. MedZap is a good bet clearly. Um, so you can contact me at Vivian at medzaf.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn all the time, so you can also look me up there. Um, but yeah, I, I think just, just, a, you know, let's, it's, let's be brave. It's a brave new world. Uh, and it's, it's time to, to really give the people what, what they need and use this opportunity to change the whole game. And so I'm, I'm quite excited, um, uh, with what's going to come out of all of this other than you know the people you know suffering so yeah yeah Yeah.
0: well i'm sorry we didn't get to answer all everybody's questions as i said you can you can continue to connect on hashtag ats connects or um i'd like to say a big thank you to cola and vivian who've taken some time out today in in quite busy busy environment so uh thanks very much for for making the time and uh Africa Tech Summit is also here to help. If we can help you in any way, please use the email. We're happy to share news um, or or asks with with the community, try and connect with investors um, as best we can. So please use the hashtags and the social media handles. And with that, I would like to say thank you very much for a great time. To hear the latest episodes, please subscribe to our channel. You can also visit africatechsummit.com to keep up to date on the latest events, news and webinars.